Are you an HR department of one trying to figure out how to balance task and strategy while keeping up with changes in regulatory compliance? Do you need a fresh outlook on old topics? Then stop what you're doing, grab your coffee, and get ready to recharge. If you have people, you have problems to solve and things to do. Your host is Brenda Neckvottle, a 20-year human resource professional, ready to explore the HR industry with veterans of business and life, with fresh eyes and new ideas. Learn about the rapidly evolving changes in employment law around the country, as well as new tactics to deploy and build engagement in your work. Workforce. If you're looking to implement new practices to make your job easier in HR, then this podcast is for you. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Best Practices in Human Resource podcast. It is absolutely crazy, and I am here with you guys on the joyride of insanity as we know it with the coronavirus period. Um, you know what? A lot of people are really tired of this subject, but it's so critical and so important. It's really on the forefront of everybody's mind. And this show is going to help you figure out how to pivot because we're constantly pivoting all the time. So I'm going to give you the most recent information that I have available to me. And then that way we can continue to get this information out there. So before I go on, listen, if you guys are first time listeners, this show is usually not about something as solidified as this. It's, we don't focus the whole show on a topic like this, but this is an unprecedented time for many people um, as a government, as a nation, literally as a world, as an economy, as everything. And it's amazing to me that a microbe has done this, a microbe. <laughs> so I am very grateful that you guys are here. You're going to get a lot of really good information out of the show. Some of it you guys may have already heard, and that's fine. But I'm really doing what I can to stay ahead so that way I can get you the most current information. And to be honest with you, this stuff is changing so fast, and we all know that. But especially in my world, in the world of HR, um, I'm doing webinars, and by the time I get a PowerPoint deck written, it's already changing. For those of you who are returning, you guys rock. You guys are absolutely awesome. I'm so glad you're here time and time again. It's awesome, and I'm getting to know quite a few people in this as they reach out, so thank you very much, and if you'd like to connect with me, I'm going to tell you how to go about doing that, but most of what we're going to do today is what my role is, is that I'm here to help share with you the what and the how in human resources. I'm in the human business, and that means that there's a greater number of dynamics in the workplace to balance, manage, but most importantly, today we are going to talk about, no big surprise, What's going on with the coronavirus? We're going to talk about employment law changes that are going across the nation specific to this. We're not really going to get into anything else because nobody's focusing on anything else right now. Um, our, our main topic today is, again, everybody's pivoting with the coronavirus. We've got the HR question of the day. Big surprise, it's going to be based off of process now that we've got this thing going on. Um, I'm going to talk to you about some upcoming events where you can get access to information and stay on top of what is going on. And then also how to go about getting best practices delivered to your inbox. So before we go on, folks, the information that is available through this podcast is for informational purposes only and not for the purpose of providing any form of legal advice. You should contact your attorney to obtain legal advice with respect to any particular issue. If you don't have an employment attorney, go ahead and reach out to me and we may uh, I may be able to go ahead and refer one to you through our affiliate program and our friends over at Jackson Lewis. All right, employment law changes. Here's what's going on. 
A little bit in the main segment, I'm going to talk to you guys about employer what the employer obligations are under the proposed Families First Coronavirus Act. I'm not really going to get into the details on it, but I'm going to give you an update and a synopsis as to where we are with this because the details could potentially change. Also, um, there is at the bestpractices.org website is a page dedicated solely to the coronavirus. Up there is where I've got updates, we've got links to articles, downloadable tools, links to the CDC, any type of video briefing that's updated, we're getting that stuff out there. You are welcome to jump on that site at any time and collect really good information. There's a lot of it out there. I literally touch this page almost every day and the stuff that I'm going to be talking about today in this episode is up on the site right now. All right, so over in Michigan, Michigan has got some specifics as how the state is approaching uh, the COVID-19 epidemic. Over in New Jersey, COVID-19, there's a bill that looks like it may expand employee benefits and establish benefits for independent contractors. That link, These links are going to be up on the coronavirus dedicated page on the bestpractices.org website. Also, there's going to be some information up there specifically for folks in Oregon. Over in Puerto Rico, it looks like they are going to be going on lockdown and they impose a mandatory curfew in response to the COVID-19 outbreak. Also, there's going to be some information out there about what an employer's responsibility is in regards to workers' visas as it pertains to the coronavirus. I'm going to put some FAQs to clarify Colorado's emergency paid and sick leave rule. There's a link for that. Over in Illinois, there's going to be some information that talks about how the governor is extending unemployment benefits to employees who are affected by the coronavirus. Also back down over in Puerto Rico, the Department of Labor down there has published mandatory postings for the uh, Working Women's Bill of Rights. It's not the coronavirus, but it's important stuff. <clears throat> and then also Puerto Rico Senate is considering unpaid emergency leave for the actual pandemic uh, virus. So we're going to take a quick break. When I come back, we're going to get into the heart of this. I do have a special guest, and um, she's a pretty awesome lady. She's got the inside scoop as to what is going on with Urgicare centers, and it's very, very informational. two guests that's joining us today. I would like to welcome Faye Shadley Mullen, who is uh, on the front lines behind the scenes <laughs> of what's going on with the coronavirus. And she's been very gracious to join us and kind of let you guys hear from a professional who's, you know, running around as crazy as everybody else is, I'm sure. Um, kind of tell us what's going on from her perspective and, and I'll let her kind of introduce herself and, and a little bit of what she does. But thank you so much for joining. I know you're in the car and you're running around, but I really do appreciate this. Sure thing. Yeah, so I am the team leader for Valley Health for our urgent care centers. Mm -hmm. I serve as a laboratory director for our moderately complex laboratories. We have a total of eight centers located in Virginia and West Virginia. So typically service, um, you know, urgent care type needs, the, the rapid stress, the flus, 
and right now we're we're right in the middle of all of the coronavirus that's that's going on and circulating out there and coordinating our efforts with our health departments to make sure that we're we are sorry about that that's so okay make sure that we are serving our patients appropriately mm -hmm. and so what that means is we have guidelines set up in place where we screen a patient if it looks like they're meeting the cdc criteria for possibly having coronavirus mm -hmm. we get a from our health department we have a special number that's called a pui number which is patient under investigation and at that time once they're approved by the health department testing would take place got it a lot of people have been asking me the question can i send my employee to go get tested to make sure they don't have the coronavirus and by what you're saying it sounds like it's not an optional thing. It actually, an individual has to meet the criteria. Just like any other medical diagnosis, they actually have to meet the symptomatic criteria in order to be tested. Yes, Brenda, that is correct. And that is uh, about 50% of our patient population is actually on the employer health side. Mm -hmm. And we are those types of um, seeing the employer send in their employees to our centers because they want to make sure they don't have the coronavirus. And that is not our capacity. We are we do yeah. not have the ability to tell the employer your your employee is cleared. So we right. really are strictly following those CDC guidelines for whether it is an urgent care patient or an employer health patient that walks through our front door. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been, I know a lot of people are just trying to do what they can to get ahead of this. And I think, and I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a comment and please tell me if you think that this is a correct course of action that a lot of people can take, that if they're concerned about whether or not they're symptomatic of the coronavirus, but yet are hesitant on, you know, going out to a medical facility or leaving their house or they're just, you know, don't have the ability um, telehealth services actually are, are a potential option because they could actually do an online visit either through their desktop, their laptop, or their cell phone with a physician. Um, I actually do have a service, and I'll, I'll get that information out in the show notes but uh, that I can recommend. But they can actually have a medical visit, and then the doctor can therefore go ahead and make the recommendation yes, you need to go in and get tested, or look, this just sounds really more like a viral infection, not related, um, or you could have a bacterial infection and they'll go ahead and, you know, recommend a course of treatment or course of additional testing in that. Do you think that that, because I know volume is a concern right now and it's going to continue to be a concern, but do you think that could be a potential option for employees? Yes, I do, and I think depending on the patient's insurance, if that's part of the service to use telemedicine, I think that is a, a great way to keep, um, to keep these patients either, you know, out of our centers or, or to get it, get them directed to where they can be tested mm -hmm. if the nurse or doctor on the, on the telemedicine side deems necessary. Yes, I think that is a, a great, great option for our communities. So when somebody has, 
when they're tested for the coronavirus, what is the process, if you don't mind my asking? And I think a lot of people are curious as to what this looks like. So right now, at least in Virginia, our health department is testing both a nasal swab and a throat swab for the coronavirus. And that is a presumptive test that they're doing by nucleic acid amplification. And then a, a confirmation, a second test is performed by the CDC to confirm the strain of coronavirus that the patient may have. That's right, because there's two there's two strains, aren't there? Isn't there like an L and an S strain? Um, specific to the pandemic that's going on now, I, I don't have those. Okay. And, and that's fine. I just remember reading that a little while ago, but I remember that uh, some of the data that was coming out of China that there was at least two strains that was identified, but um, the more pervasive one is actually linked to the pandemic, which is, I think, the S virus, was the S strain. That's what I remember reading. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's possible. Yeah. So, but, you know, that was a couple weeks ago, and we knew a lot less back then than we do today. So, um, you know, those those types of things sometimes can be corrected <laughs> in print, <laughs> as we both know. <laughs> so, so we know that the coronavirus has uh, a five-day incubation period, and... Um, you know, it can be easily up to 14 days, uh, you know, for self-quarantine or somebody would need to be absent from work. Um, but I've also read that the virus can actually, depending upon the person's health, their recovery time could be slightly longer. Uh, of, of course, it depends on the individual, you know, if they're immunosuppressed, immunocompromised, mm -hmm. they may take longer to recover than a normal healthy individual. So right. that's just like any other virus where you you have a normal healthy person who may recover in seven days versus a person with diabetes or any other autoimmune disease, it may take longer for them to bounce back. Mm -hmm. So if somebody is concerned and they feel that they really do need to go in for treatment they don't have access to their physician or they can't get an appointment, do you, is it advisable that they go to an urgent care center rather than the emergency room first? It varies from community to community. Right now in Virginia, that's where half of our urgent cares are located. We are asking patients not to just walk in and that's for the safety of the other the other patients in the waiting room. So we, we have a protocol where we ask them to call in and okay. They can remain and wait in their vehicle until we have a room available to do the screening. Okay. Um, but really, for uh, for other areas that I've talked to and communications I've had throughout the state of Virginia, um, other centers are directing their patients to go right to their local emergency room. I don't advise that. Um, just because that's going to overwhelm our emergency room. Wonderful. Well, do you have any other tips or tricks or any other recommendations that, as of right now, that you're seeing that would be, you know, beneficial to anybody listening to this? The, the number one thing I believe the, the community can do is keep themselves healthy. Be, yeah. be at your best. Get as much rest as you can. Stay hydrated. 
Um, don't, don't do any unusual activities, something that will put a strain on your immune system that could prevent you from fighting off this virus if you contract it. Got it. Well, fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. I, I know you're, you're running around with your chicken with your head cut off and I don't want to, I don't want to take any more of your time, but this has been wonderful. I think this is what, this is what people want to hear. I think there's, you know, this is a lot of unknown. There's no playbook for this anywhere. And, you know, people are naturally concerned and whatever we can do to help them kind of like give them some best practices and what they can do, uh, which is the name of the show, best practices in HR. So, um, you know, I think this is this is really great stuff. And it, and it also, you know, hearing it from somebody like you who's behind the scenes, you know what's going on. Your constant contact with these, uh, you know, the public health centers and the systems within the various states. This has been fantastic. Thank you so very much. I really do appreciate your time. Oh, sure thing, Brenda. And I hope maybe sometime in the future we, we can um, continue providing valuable information to the public. And one thing that you just that just came to mind when you talk about employers, there's a lot of ergonomic things that they can do within their facilities, um, you know, such as having, making sure that they have separate entrances for their employees and their patients, professional workflow. There's a lot of things that in, employers can do to keep their workplace safe for those employees during this time of unknown. Well, I'll tell you what, you go, why don't you go ahead and give us some other suggestions? Because I think that's a, I think those are some really great call-outs. That would be great. Thank you. Um, yeah, you know, the, the bathroom situation, making sure that you, if you have the ability, keep your restrooms um, separate, patient versus employee. That's, that's a big one to do. You mean customer versus employee? <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's right. You can keep saying patient. We'll just mentally put in customer. How's that? Yeah, and we've even, you know, if you have the ability to let some of your folks work from home, if they've never telecommuted before, this right. might be a great opportunity and see how productivity can be, be increased if you allow them, you know, maybe five days work from home. Mm -hmm. Yep, I agree. What other, what other recommendations do you have? Because I think I think the the use of the separate doors and separate facilities is awesome. Well, one thing that we're doing is we are tidying up our centers. There's just things that have sat around that we thought we may use at a later time, but we haven't. Just um, tidying up the centers and make sure and surfaces that you've maybe never cleaned before are, are cleaned on a regular basis. Um, mm -hmm. Being proactive about where where your employees are eating. Do they eat at their desk all the time? Do they go from maybe through a public area to a private area? You know, think about transmission of anything that somebody touches, the germs and the viruses that are on your hands. So just just awareness, just absolute awareness in the workplace. I think that's a great call out. Is it really is all about situational awareness because. You know, you're only going to be able to do so much. And, you know, because we still have to move. We still have to interact with each other. We still have to, you know, open doors. We still have to put our hands down on stuff and touch things. And, you know, I think if you get, if you get so concerned about it, then you could actually be causing more of a problem than you are a solution. But at the same time, you don't want to be too lax about it because you're causing more of a problem than you are a solution. 
Right. And one other example I just thought of, Brenda, is vehicles. If you have a company vehicle that you share with other employees, um, you know, take those antimicrobial hand wipes and sanitizers and, and wipe down the steering wheels and the gear shifts and um, mm -hmm. the consoles on the vehicle. Just, you know, just to be safe. That's another place where the virus can. I, I received an email from a friend, or actually it was my client's, whose cousin is an epidemiologist, and one of the things that he does in times like this is he actually does carry um, disposable gloves with him, but he uses them specifically at the gas pump. Oh, yes, that's a great idea. That, that gas pump, people, people do not think to wear gloves when pumping nope. gas. That is another way to protect yourself, yes. Yep. I think that's a good one because, you know, I mean, it's already dirty and, and, you know, messy as it is to begin with, but who thinks that anything would be on, and it's amazing that a microbe can take down a, a full grown human being, but it does, but that gas pump just, I mean, that's weeks and months of accumulation of all sorts of stuff. Right, right. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, thanks. Thank you again so much. This has been great. And, um, yeah, I'd love to have you on back again soon if you're open to that. Yeah, definitely. Great. And then, yeah, you can give us another update. I think this would be awesome. All right, Brenda. Well, I'll talk to you soon. Right now, we're all in the same boat. We are all trying to figure out how do we pivot because we know that we frequently have to right now, which means that we're all trying to figure out how to do the right thing, when to do the right thing, in a time laden and full of ambiguity. So I'm going to say it, I've said it before in the past, and I'm going to say it again. If it, if it was easy, we wouldn't call it work. But this is actually a pretty awesome, challenging time for us, <clears throat> because here's the thing. I firmly believe that this is a bump in the road. Life has a way of making a clearing for other things to come into place. And when you take a look at history, and you take a look at time, and you take a look at natural events, and you take a look at what we deem as natural disasters, have you ever noticed that things tend to come back, and sometimes they come back, usually come back actually, bigger and better with a lot of lessons learned. Let's just take a look at what happened in Australia recently. We had the fires, right? But even in the midst of all that, all of that acreage, miles and miles, tens of thousands of miles, it seems, that were burnt down. But even while it was going on, life found a way and stuff was already starting to grow back, even though the country was still battling with it. So this is a really great time to step back and ask yourself, what exactly is the clearing and what's coming my way? That's going to do something very important for your mindset. Most importantly, when you are looking at what's the clearing and planning for what's coming next, you're in action. And when a human being is in action, we're not afraid. We're less afraid, actually. Or fear goes away completely. Because we're in the process of doing something and we don't feel, we don't feel like we're being held back and we don't feel like we're failing and we don't feel like we're falling apart or falling down, right? So that's the big thing. Realize that this is a bump in the road in life. You know what? 
we have gotten through 100% of our worst days. And I love that saying. I heard it from Steve Harvey years ago in one of his things. You have gotten through 100% of your worst days. I promise you, even as painful as this time period is, you're going to get through all of this. You just will. It's just how it works. Okay. So here's a couple other things for you guys to think through. So in a time right now where we have to pivot, make sure you are being as thorough in understanding the ramifications of your pivot as you are being creative. I am all over being creative. Love the creativity things. I love seeing all these creative things that are coming out. Absolutely love it. Just make sure that you guys are doing your due diligence, that you are watching out for things like desperate impact, the potential to discriminate from people. You want to make sure that your pivot isn't an unlawful pivot. Okay, These are very important things that you have to take into consideration. The other thing is, is that do not, under any circumstances, assume laws and regulations are going to be relaxed. Again, do your due diligence. Find out the answer. Because this is a lesson that I teach anybody and everybody who's in government contracting. And a lot of people have been scorched by this. This is The U.S. government is a pretty awesome government. And it is the same body of government that tells you that you have to follow and abide a specific law. But it's also the same body of government that's going to put you in a position to violate it. Now, as a unique circumstance, as a country, that is exactly what has happened. And I'm going to give you an example. I received a question that came to me the other day. And, and you know what? I'm going to address this now. I'm not even going to address it in the question of the day. We're just going to scrap the question of the day. And I'm going to talk about it right now. The question that came out... <clears throat> It was an assumptive statement, and I jumped in and I got the answer. And the assumptive statement is, is that because a lot of people are now working remotely, and some people are doing the orientation virtually, that verifying the acceptable documents for an I-9, this person was making the statement that they presumed that USCIS was going to go ahead and relax their standards and permit that to happen on a virtual basis, simply meaning that those documents were not required to be in hand for direct examination, which is actually what's required in filling out a 9 form. So I said, hold on, let's get the answer to this one. So this morning I spent time on the phone waiting for a USCIS officer. I had to go through two levels, and I did wind up coming to somebody, and the response to this is, that the USCIS does not have a position on it. Now that some people may take in the context of like, well, it's relaxed. And the answer is, no, it's not. When some a government agency does not have a position on something, the original regulation and ruling stands. So good question, right? How do you overcome that? How do you get through that? And that I do not have an answer for. This is one of the very few times that I do not have an answer for it because there's so many variables that come into this place. It depends on what kind of business you have. It depends on where you're located. It depends on you know, the ability to socially distance yourself and actually look at it. I don't know. There's a lot of things that you can take into consideration. But that's what I wanted to make sure that we use that as an example. Okay. So I have heard that direct from the horse's mouth with USCIS. Alright, watch what you post on social media when you're looking for answers. Be careful about where and what you post in certain groups. Okay, that includes LinkedIn, includes every aspect of social. There is a site, and I'm going to give you an example, <clears throat> called the Sure Manual Conference Networking and Events Group. 
This group has nothing to do with SHRM, and it's actually in their uh, group description. It says they have no affiliation whatsoever to the various SHRM organizations. It's been around since I think like 2016. But this particular group has a lot of people asking a lot of sensitive and very risky questions. And if you're one of those individuals who's listening to the show, I highly advise that you stop doing that. It's, I'm not going to say anything negative about the group. I, it's, I'm not challenging their intention or in their integrity. But what I am going to share with you is that the way they moderate that group is all about whether or not you post something on their event or not. In other words, you, they want you to only put a networking event in their events section, not into the chat and direct body of that page. So when you go and you read those regulations, as I did, and I read their, their site rules, that's exactly what they say. There's nobody that comes in and moderates questions. They don't field anything. They don't encourage anything. They just moderate the group and the membership to drive engagement at networking events. Well, we've got people out there asking questions about, they're thinking about terminating this person, and they're not saying using a direct name, but they're talking about a circumstance. Well, you don't know who's in that group. There's like over 4,000 members in that group. So you want to be very careful about that. All right, watch what you read. <laughs> this is huge. Watch what you read, but seek guidance from the experts. You guys have heard me say this before. We have a very opine media, which means that it's a very opinionated-based way of journalism. <clears throat> and it's very quick to class, cast blame and to point fingers. And right now, we have very little room for it. Right now, they are only writing to their audience on a consistent basis. But right now, we are a place of business, uh, business workers, business leaders, change, you know, change agents, thought provokers, thought seekers, thought leaders, and what we need is we need the facts and we need the correct facts, okay? Focus on those facts. That's going to help you lead to an actionable result and not some sort of debate. And if you find yourself getting in debates, you guys are focusing in on the wrong thing. That should be your stance. Right now, we can play the blame game later. We can play the political game later. All right. We can throw stones at the conservative side or the liberal side, whatever. Right now, it's all about the facts. Let's just keep our eyes focused on what's important and get the job done. Uh, be aware of multi-state requirements. So if you have an organization and you have individuals working in multiple states, please make sure that you are paying attention to what is going on in those states. I have several clients in several states that I'm keeping my eye on. Like I mentioned earlier, in the beginning of this episode on the bestpractices.org website there is a page completely dedicated to the coronavirus everything and anything that I have accessible to me right now as far as what states are doing what is up there and there's not very much that has come out just yet and these are very specific things that I'm getting from credible resources as well okay so I'm making sure that I'm doing what I can to pass this along to you guys in a, in a format where it's quickly accessible. Throughout all of this, and anybody that has followed me long enough and is part of our, uh, our community <clears throat> knows that I talk about this a lot. And you have to take time to take care of yourself in the process. 
that's one of the key things on helping us get through this is to make sure that we are healthy and that we as leaders and drivers and influencers we are doing what we can to help take care of our own well-being as well if you do not get sleep if you do not stay hydrated if you do not eat well or if you don't if you miss meals and you start you know getting off of off of something that's not going to help you and you're driving yourself to exhaustion there's a part there's a part of this where you're going to be tired absolutely but at some point you have to you have to disconnect and you and you have to get some rest the speed at which things are changing is mind swirling this is all i do all day long right now i answer questions and i research I haven't created anything new except to address all of this stuff through these webinars that I'm being contracted to speak at and through my other speaking engagements. Everything is involving the coronavirus. Everything else thrown to the wayside. It just has to be because this is where we are. We're going to be in this for a little while. There's no doubt. There's no quick cure to this. And um, you know what? It just provides an opportunity which is also great. It provides an opportunity for us to get creative because some of these answers to the questions have to be creative. You know, we have to think outside of the box. But again, what I said earlier is make sure that you guys are being thorough. And the last point that I'm going to make today is start preparing for re your reintegration plan. I know we're way at the beginning of all of this, and some people will say, well, it's a little too early to start doing that, Bren. But, you know, here's the thing. We have no idea what tomorrow is going to look like. And at some point, people are going to have to reintegrate back into the workplace, either gradually or suddenly. And it is my opinion that when we get to this point, and I've been talking about this for the last two days with the people that I've been on the phone with and whatnot, my opinion based off of what our economy is like and what our marketplaces look like, I think that when we get back into the swing of things, it is going to be very rapid. People are going to come right back in to a life again to where there's money coming in and they'll be able to... It's just going to snap back pretty quickly, in my opinion, and I believe the market is also going to is going to be poised to do that as well. We're down 10,000 points um, from the highest point, actually a little over that, um, on the stock market on the Dow, and we're going to have a guest coming up next week, and we're going to talk about what's going on with the market because this also impacts, you know, 401k and stuff like that. So. IRAs. So we're going to have a special guest that's going to talk about that, but it's all going to be based around what's still going on with the coronavirus. This topic is not going to go anyway anytime, anytime soon. I'm very committed to making sure that this podcast is providing accurate information and timely information that will help support you guys in what you have to do. So again, start working on that reintegration plan. Start thinking about all the things that you need to start thinking about, that's really where it begins. How do you communicate? You know, what is the message? How do you get people back into the swing of things, right? Are they, you think that they may still have concerns about contagions in the workplace, right? Even though we don't have those questions, those are all really good things to just start putting down. There's already things that we know we don't know going into this. And we're playing in the playground right now of the things that we don't know we don't know. So take time to write down what it is that you need to start thinking about in the playground of, okay, the things that we know we don't know. And then we just address the things that we know we, or that we don't know we don't know. Does that make sense? <laughs> 
sorry. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to snap a brain cell on that one. So you guys are great. Hang in there. We got some announcements coming up, and um, we'll be right back. All right, so for those of you who have been following, you do know about the Next Gen Women in HR Facebook group. And I want to invite you guys to come in and join that. We do have some questions. It is a group dedicated for individuals, women and men in HR. Um, we'd love to have you come in and join us. Right now, we're really focusing on getting a lot of great current pertinent information out there. Um, I'm starting to jump on answering real-time questions every single day. Uh, the group is starting to throw some really great thought-provoking uh, inquiries and questions out there. And my job is, is to come back and help everybody figure this stuff out. But we're also working together to help each other figure this out. A lot of individuals in this group are novices. Uh, they have not been faced with something like this. So if you haven't spent a lot of time and you don't have a really rich HR background, come on in and join us. Also, on the Next Gen Women in HR membership site, which you can link to on the bestpractices.org website, also has some very specific tools. It's an inexpensive membership program that you can join in. There's two levels. There's a... Uh, breakthrough level which is nine dollars a month and then there's the enterprise level at fifteen dollars a month and that is the enterprise level is for the more richer side of things but there's a lot of awesome stuff that's coming down the pike there's more information that's coming on and but all of the coronavirus stuff is being fed through to the dedicated page on the bestpractices.org website and the focus group and the community that we've built on the next gen women in HR Facebook group. If you don't answer the questions coming into this group, if you'd like to join us, we're going to reach out to you and ask him to fill them in. If you don't complete them, no entry. <laughs> okay. And the reason why we do this is because we want to make sure that people who are coming in through the group really are individuals who are committed to this. They are true HR professionals. This is a moderated group, meaning that as we have discussions and conversations, the moderation is ensuring that the information that's being shared is accurate and if somebody's making a suggestion that could have a shade of risk to it that we're really great at calling that stuff out and giving in a very positive and straightforward manner the the kind of guidance that somebody should be following so we've got some webinars coming up uh, that are in the Facebook group plus I've also I'm going to share with you a couple webinars that I'm going to be speaking at as well actually all of them I'm speaking at. <laughs> it's none of them I'm not. So Thursday, March 19th, if you would like to get really great information, current information, new tips, new updated info that is outside of this podcast, join me at trainhr.com for the webinar that is titled The Arrival of the Coronavirus in the Workplace. This is taking place on Thursday, March 19th at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you cannot attend the session, you can go ahead and actually um, get the pre-recorded or get the recorded version and listen to it on demand. Now, this is a this is an event that I've been asked and contracted to speak at, so I have I have no control over passes or anything like that. But if you go to the trainhr.com website, you'll be able to see all the details in regards to this. Okay, Wednesday, March 18th. That's today. 
the day that this episode actually releases. We are doing uh, the live workshop that was scheduled for Virginia Beach, the heartbreak of office romance. Canceled. <laughs> no go. Not going to happen. So if you were going to jump into that, it's off the table. Monday, March 23rd, in the Facebook group, we are also doing an open Q&A session. And which means at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which means that any of the members, if they have Q&As regarding HR of any kind, it's an opportunity to jump in and get that kind of get that vital information. So this is the part of the show where we typically have the HR question of the day. You know what? Right now, we went ahead and answered that particular question that I reserved for this segment in the main body. And I'd love to hear your questions. I love really awesome, great questions. So please feel free. Go ahead, submit your questions on the bestpractices.org website by clicking on the podcast link from the menu. And down towards the bottom of that podcast page is a submission form for you to go ahead and post your question, which I may read and answer on an upcoming episode. Okay, so if you guys want to find out more and keep in tune with what is going on and you guys want to follow me, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Best Practices in HR. You can find me again on Instagram under Brenda the HR Lady. Over on YouTube, you can find me on YouTube and LinkedIn on Brenda Neckvottel. And my name is spelled N-E-C-K-V as in Victor, A-T-A-L. And you can also once again find me on the bestpractices.org website. Click on connect at the top of the page and get my best practices delivered right to your inbox. So guys, thank you again for joining me today been another awesome awesome episode uh, my commitment again is to make sure that what we are providing you guys throughout this time is current timely pertinent real information that will help you make the necessary business decisions that you need to make in order to keep moving forward and that really is that is our theme this month for the month of March is just moving forward and really there's no other time right now when we are challenged uh, than today and tomorrow and the next couple of weeks. So keep your head up. Keep a positive attitude. Remember, this is just our clearing in life and something bigger and better is going to come right back at us again. So guys, listen, thank you for joining me. Have a good one. You take good care of yourselves and I will talk to you all very, very soon. Bye.